Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. On Yahoo Sports Radio. Another reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer is running slowly, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. And within minutes, you can activate MyCleanPC software to clean out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Our next guest was on the receiving end of one of the most iconic plays in NFL history, the Hail Mary, which gave the Dallas Cowboys a 17-14 win over the Minnesota Vikings in the 1975 divisional round of the playoffs. Drew Pearson caught that 50-yard bomb from Roger Staubach in the final minute, one of several game-closing catches that earned him the nickname Mr. Clutch. Drew was named to the 1970s NFL All-Decade Team, but strangely is one of only two players from that first team not enshrined in the Hall of Fame and has never, ever been discussed as a finalist. So we've invited him to talk about both the Hall and the Hail Mary on the Talk of Fame Network. Drew Pearson, thanks for being here. Right on. <laughs> hey Drew, t- take us back to that frigid afternoon in Bloomington, Minnesota, the day the Cowboys looked lost, but Stalak heaved the football and said his famous Hail Mary, which of course you answered. Can you replay that down for us and address a decades-old complaint in the Twin Cities that you pushed <laughs> off? Yeah, it's uh, four decades old now. <laughs> the and uh, they haven't let up one bit, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was an interesting game, very tough physical game. We went up there to play them. They had the best record in the NFL. We were the wild card team that year. Uh, they finished the regular season 12-2. and two. We were 10-4. and four. And it was a tough physical football game. It was cold out there, but nothing like we saw last weekend in Minnesota against Seattle. Uh, it was cold, about 25 degrees. The chill factor made it about 17. There was a very minimum wind. It was overcast. Actually, it was a good day for football, and it was good to be playing in grass because they had a grass field. Uh, both teams are lined on the same sideline. I think that's the last team in the NFL that did that, the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, you know, we played them good. We had the lead at halftime, 10-7. to They finally scored late in the fourth quarter to take the lead, 14-10. to And now we needed a touchdown, and I had one pass thrown to me through the whole game, a little disappointed with that. Uh, but here we go in the final drive, and it's all Roger and I in that situation. We don't have time to get plays called in from Coach Landry, and so Roger takes over, and usually he went to me in those situations. And, of course, we know about the Hail Mary, but two plays before the Hail Mary, we had a fourth and 17 that Roger ended up hitting me for 22 yards on the first down on Nate Wright. And then we come back two plays later, we go for the Hail Mary, and Roger says, we got no timeouts we got to start taking some shots to the end zone. And he told me to run a turn-in takeoff on Nate Wright. The only other guy he told to go out on the play was uh, uh, Golden Richards to run a post pattern on the other side. And what we wanted to do with that was hold Paul Krause to that side of the field. He's the NFL all-time interception leader. And we wanted to hold him to that side of the field so I could be man-to-man on Nate Wright. We had maximum protection. Roger was able to pump Golden, threw it to me. I was way downfield by then. And Nate Wright and I were even. We are neck and neck, and I thought I could go away, uh, pull away from him if I saw the ball thrown thrown out there to the back of the end zone. But it was underthrown. I came back, did that swim move to get the outside arm on the inside to get that inside position. 
And in doing that, yeah, there was contact, but there was no deliberate push on Nate Wright. And I guess with that contact, he went down, the ball hit my hands, went through my hands, and stuck between my elbow and my hip. (laughs) And I backed into the end zone with the ball on my elbow and hip. That's how I literally caught the most famous play in Cowboy history, the Hail Mary. And I didn't use my hands. I used my elbow and my hip. You know, So <laughs> that's how it went down. And then after the game, they asked Roger what happened. He said, I closed my eyes and threw the ball as far as I could, and I said a Hail Mary. And next day in the paper, I don't know if you were, uh, remember, Rick, the headlines reads, Cowboys win by a Hail Mary. And Hail Mary <laughs> kind of took off from there. And now, 40 years later, people still refer to the Hail Mary as that game-ending catch to help the team win a game. Well, you know, you talk about that play, and it, it, it brings back the memory of a lot of others. And uh, the NFL, NFL Films uh, commissioned a study in 1994 of the 75 greatest plays in NFL history. And who was making the catches in three of them? Wasn't me. It was you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. one that didn't make it though was the the first play after the Dwight Clark catch in the '81 NFC title game. You caught a 31-yard pass from Danny White uh, that would have gone for a game-winning touchdown, except for that tremendous uh, diving tackle by uh, Eric Wright. You obviously authored some of the most memorable pass receptions in Cowboys history, but the uh, but does that play stand out? for you uh, in a different sort of way that he was able to make that tackle? Uh, yeah, actually, that would have been Hail Mary, too. You know, I <laughs> went downfield. I caught it over the middle, and when I broke into the middle to run the route, the in route, um, I saw that I think it was Carlton Williamson and Ronnie Lott kind of collide with each other. And as the ball zipped past them, I caught it, and I'm thinking I got open field. And even with my speed, I think I could have got another 20 yards to put us in field goal position to kick the field goal to uh, win the game. But, you know, Eric Wright came out of nowhere and was able to grab my jersey initially. Then he reinforced the grab with uh, by grabbing my shoulder pads and yanking me down. And we get back to the huddle, and I told Danny, instead of breaking in, I'm going to line up on the right side. Instead of breaking in, I'm going to break out. I catch it 20 yards, skip out of bounds, and now we're in field goal range. And uh, Danny, you know, he kind of looked to the other side at Tony Hill, and Tony got jammed up, and by that time the, the pass rush was there, and he, he ended up fumbling. But I've had a lot of great catches uh, at the end of the games, and a lot of it is because the coaches, the quarterbacks have confidence in me. My teammates had confidence in me. But, guys, the one that stood out the most was the 83-yard touchdown pass I caught in my first playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings to, to break that game open. We were leading 16-7 to in the fourth quarter. Roger hit me on third down on that post pattern. I caught it at the 50 and took it 83 yards in. And uh, that kind of let me knew, know at that point I could play in the NFL and I could make a career in the NFL if I stayed healthy. I knew it gave me confidence that I could compete on that level. And from then on, it was just a matter of improving, getting better, with each and every game, and then also staying healthy, and I was fortunate enough to do both. Wow, more so than the Hail Mary, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the Hail Mary's most famous, but I don't think if I if I don't catch this past my rookie year against the uh, Los Angeles Rams, you know, maybe there is no Hail Mary. Maybe right, they don't right, uh, right. think I'm that clutch receiver because the next year we're playing the Washington Redskins in Texas Stadium, and we're trailing by two touchdowns. Quentin Longley comes in. He hits Billy because uh, Roger got knocked out. 
He hits Billy Joe over the middle for the first touchdown. Now we're down to 20-some seconds, 28 or so left in the game. And I told Clint I'm going to run a turn-in takeoff. And uh, we got the perfect defense for that route. And Clint hit me for a 50-yard touchdown to win that game. So that's 73-74. Now we get to the Hail Mary situation in 75. And, yeah, the team really has confidence in me now. And I get in the huddle. In that situation, Roger would say, Drew, what do you got? And all the other guys in that huddle understood that. Billy Joe wasn't crying for the ball. Golden wasn't crying for the ball. Preston wasn't crying for it. Uh, because I had done it before, they had confidence that I possibly might be able to do it again. So everybody understood in that situation. You know, it was Roger and Drew trying to make something happen. We're with former Dallas star Drew Pearson on the Talk of Fame Network. And, Drew, we have about a minute left. There are 24 mm-hmm. modern era and wide receivers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you obviously are not one of them, as I mentioned up top. Give us your definition of a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You know, that's what I scratch my ball head trying to figure out. I don't <laughs> know what the definition is because there's really, uh, I don't know if it depends on individual success. I don't know if it depends on team success. I don't know if it depends on both. Uh, You have players there that had the individual success but not really had the team success. You have players that don't really have the uh, stats that match the other receivers in the Hall of Fame, but they did have team success. Uh, So, you know, I just don't know, you know, what the criteria is. And, uh, so, you know, you just hope that, you know, your time comes. You really have no control in this situation. It's the hands of you guys that, you know, do the voting. And as you get further and further out of the process and now in the senior door, then your chances become slimmer and slimmer. Hey, Drew, our time has come. We're going to have to take a break. Can you stick with us? I'd be glad to. Thanks, guys. We're going to be back with Drew Pearson after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. 